Hey everyone, welcome back to the Redeem Midweek Podcast. I'm Kurt and I'm here with Liz and we have a special interview with two people that we absolutely love. Two leaders in our church, Eddie and Kendra Johnson. Yeah, guys, we are so blessed to talk with this couple. They are doing so many awesome things in the community. They serve in a lot of different areas. Um, Eddie and Kendra are part of the teaching staff at Redeem. Kendra is a preschool teacher at First Presbyterian Preschool. They lead life groups together at church. And Eddie is a part of the Young Life Ministry. He is a leader there. Uh, they're going to talk to us about their ministries. And they're also going to share with us um, about a journey that they have been on for several years, a journey with infertility. They're hoping to have children, and they are just trusting in God with the process. And they are so courageous to share their story with you. And we also have a surprise guest. So tune in all the way to the end. All right. Well, we are excited to share this with you. So we're going to go straight to the Eddie and Kendra interview. Well, we are so excited to have Eddie and Kendra Johnson today uh, yeah. with us on the Redeem Midweek podcast. Welcome to the podcast. Thank yeah, you. Looks Hi guys. Good to be here. Awesome. Well, we have a variety of topics that we're going to talk to you all about today uh, because you are leaders in our church, um, but you also are very passionate about other ministries that you're involved with. So the first question we have for you, though, is how did you all meet? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so we um, both worked at Life Center. I was the um, admin for the children's department, and he was... Uh, I came on part-time, yeah. not even part-time, just... Um, Nick Kalem, the children's pastor at Life Center, uh, he, he and I go way back and he and Kendra go even farther back. And Nick uh, asked if I'd come and help out with some kid stuff. And that turned to help with a couple of youth things. This is the same time Dave was also youth pastor um, at Life Center. And so I was just working like a day a week, helping out with a few things. So we, we officially met at a Bible study where mm -hmm. I was the only girl in a bunch of <laughs> awkward, single, college-age men yeah. and Eddie. <laughs> yeah. I don't group him in that category. Yeah, yeah it, was, it was all the, <clears throat> someone asked if I'd fill in teaching for the Bible study. Uh, and so I said, yeah, I'll fill in. And they were meeting at a coffee shop at the time. And I walked in and, you know, it was in the back room of, of um, what's the name of those? Forza. Forza. It's one of the Forza coffee shops. It was in their back room and um, I, uh, I walk in and I see the table filling up and I notice like she's the only gal. And it's, like she said, it was all the kind of the weirdo guys who are <laughs> in their late twenties who were like, yeah, this is going to be super awkward. And I felt bad for her. So I kept kind of like um, saying, Hey, what do you think? Hey, what do you think Kendra? Not because I was interested, but just because I wanted to keep her engaged and I didn't want these guys to, you know, kind of creep her out and so long lo and behold she wasn't even like registering that she was in a room full of all the the weirdo dudes so eyes for you only <laughs> yeah i guess so so, so yeah how long no. how long have you yeah. been married then uh eight years in august yep. and together about 10. 10 uh we dated a little bit longer uh for a couple of reasons uh, number one i was just i just moved back to washington and was still figuring stuff out we were on the launch team for then Life Center South, now Redeem Church. Uh, so Dave Riesinger, shout out to him. He said, hey, man, I can't pay you for like a year, but if you want to stick around, <laughs> I'd love for you to be our youth pastor. Um, uh, but then also uh, my sister was deployed uh, in Kuwait 
uh, at the time of our engagement. So we extended our engagement a little bit longer. Yeah, that's how we met about 10 years ago and uh, uh, married eight. So, yeah. So, okay. So you're in ministry together and you're, you're at Life Center doing your individual ministries. When mm-hmm. did it shift to the ministries that you're in now? Because you kind of both are doing it together, right? Yeah. So uh, she was, uh, like she said, she was the admin for the children's department and I was kind of helping with some kids stuff, but also helping with some youth stuff. And then once we got to that place where you're like, hey, this relationship is turning serious, you know, she got more involved in youth things. Mm -hmm. She was pretty much, it was pretty much from the beginning, but you know, you just take it a little bit more serious. And um, then we got married and we were, uh, we did youth ministry together, but there was about a year into our marriage, maybe two, Kendra, we're driving home. I remember, distinctly remember this. (laughs) Uh, We were driving home after something. And we're about to turn right into our, into our house, uh, into the, the street that our house is on. And she said, hey, I want to do a life group. I want to do something with people our own age. And I was like, yeah, we probably should. I remember thinking in my mind, you're right. But here's my one thing. I said, I don't want to run another thing. I don't want to have to be Pastor Eddie and quotation marks for all our listener friends out there. I, I just can't be Pastor Eddie for one more thing because at this point, um, youth ministry uh, was never huge, but man, we had a lot of like really faithful kids and we had a lot of kids who were not like, we didn't get a bunch of kids who were church kids. We were getting all kids who were like, yo, this is the, my first church experience. Yeah. I don't know Jesus at all. And so we were like catching the fish, cleaning the fish, mm-hmm. growing the fish. <laughs> you know, we were doing Really pouring in to that. Pouring in. Yeah. And it was deep and it was all hands on deck. And it was um, really just like giving our lives away and pouring into leaders uh, because we, the church was still less than a year old. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so we were like not just pouring into students, but we were pouring into brand new youth leaders. Literally, some of our youth leaders were like, this is the first time they'd ever served or led. And so we were pouring into so many people yeah. that I just was like, I can't be Pastor Eddie to, pe- to another group of people because I don't know if I have the bandwidth for that. Yeah. Um, but Kendra uh, did such a great job of facilitating uh, and getting people on board. And man, next thing you know, we had a rule. Uh, do you want to share our rule for our first, <laughs> our first just, life group we meeting? We just wanted to just be with people. And, you know, I think I recognize the need in our life to not just pour out, but just, you know, to, to be around people our age and, yeah. you know, receive too. And, we wanted it to be a comfortable space. So we said, if you're coming to our life group, you're wearing your sweats. You're not That's allowed awesome. to come dressed up. Yeah. We're just going to chill and hang out and do life together. Mm-hmm. And people would come from work and bring their clothes and change in our bathroom yeah. just to, oh, just to like, be relaxed and hang out with us. So I want to go to your life group. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and But you guys are also in Young Life. That came a little bit later. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it, yeah. Uh, yeah. So we started... Um, around actually it was around the same time we started um we started volunteering with young life um at hotloft middle school that's the middle school i went to when i was a kid um because a buddy of mine a buddy of mine i led to christ was actually a leader now and he was like hey you're you're new to the area you're starting a church uh you should get plugged in that's a great way to meet some kids and a great way to meet some some other people in the community who love the lord and love ministry and so um, yeah, so we started leading at Hutloff um, on, so we, and cause 
because the youth ministry was like I said, it was brand like as far as church kids, literally our only church kids were Vanessa Emanuel and Isaiah Riesinger. Like that was it. <laughs> and, and they were both in sixth grade at the time to give you context. All right. So that those were our two church kids. And everyone else was kids that just were from the neighborhood or from the community that we were building relationships yeah. with. And so um, a bunch of kids from Young Life had gotten saved between Young Life or, or then Life Center South. And probably a half dozen, dozen of them got plugged into Life Center South via just being the new church in the community. And maybe their parents checked it out or they checked out on their own or whatever. And then we had an influx of kids from CP. Um, and, you know, there's some, uh, you know, some great kids names uh, who are now all in their early to mid twenties, like Jose and, and, and then Tebow now Dominique and Tyler Delgado uh, and some other kids, Kaya Van Skoik. We could, we could say some names and some people, if you've been around for a few years, you probably remember them, but they were all between seventh, eighth, ninth grade, maybe even sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth grade when the church started and they just started trickling in and then it kind of grew from there. And, and so because kids were getting saved at Young Life, we're getting saved at Life Center South. And we were at both of those places. We just kind of connected with them. And that's how the, the Young Life connection uh, mm. grew. Wow. Cool. So cool. Mm-hmm. So going off that, one of the questions we had for you, for this next generation coming up, these teenagers, mm-hmm. what is some advice for you, uh, that you have for people on how to best love teenagers as they're coming up in this next generation? Man, uh, honestly, it, it, the, the, it's not any different than it's always been before. Uh, you got to get your hands dirty. I firmly believe that. Um, I don't believe that there's, it's not the flashiest way. Um, you won't always get the credit for it, but I believe it's the most effective way is, is you, you do life with people and you raise up other leaders who know how to do life with people and you and you and you um, empower them to do life with young people. You show up. Uh, and Young Life has a term that I love. Um, they have they've coined this phrase, but the idea behind this phrase has been around since the time of Jesus and before, mm-hmm. is you earn the right to be heard. Um, that's a Young Life phraseology that you get into someone's life and you earn the right to be heard, but, but that truly is what Jesus did, right? Um, even the, the son of God, you know, did not take the, the throne. He did not come down in his majesty and his glory. He took the role of a servant. And in taking the role of a servant, he showed the world who he really was. Uh, by he, The son of man came to serve and give his life as a ransom for many, right? So we know that to be true. And I believe that, that same thing is true uh, when it comes to reaching kids. One of my joys is, is I, love, I love serving in our community. When I left the role of youth pastor at, uh, uh, at the church and I came on Young Life staff in this community, one of the motivations was I felt like in some ways I was our community's youth pastor. You know, if I can, once again, I don't want to give myself too much credit, like I'm anything special, but one of the things I loved doing was I loved serving outside of the four walls of the church. Mm-hmm. And I still love doing that. I love helping mm-hmm. out at football games. I love, I love knowing that I have, uh, I have principals and, and vice principals that call me when there's kids that are in need or in trouble. And these aren't kids who grew up in the church. And there's nothing wrong with that because we need that as well. We need both and it's not either or. But that to me is a joy knowing that for Eddie, I get to do that. And for other leaders, I love when I see other leaders get to that place of saying, 
um, hey, I want to be that go-to guy or gal yeah. uh, for a kid, for a parent, for a person in the community. Mm, so good. Getting your hands dirty. Mm-hmm. This next question is for you, Kendra. Yeah. Um, so we, what we have in common is teaching, although you're, yeah. you, and I want you to explain what you do in just a sec, but I remember when I got into teaching, I felt it was a service to God and I thought it was just a good way to spend your life. Cause I knew in, 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 in a lot of ways it was going to be helping kids. So tell us what yeah. you do and yeah, tell us what you do first. Yeah. So I teach pre-K, so four and five-year-olds at First Presbyterian Preschool. Um, I've done it for 10 years now and I love it. I love my job. Hmm. My kids go to your school. Yes, they and do. I love your kids. They love you. And every time they see you, like when we did the all church Zoom, there's my teacher. Oh, so cute. I know you feel the same way that teaching them is part of your ministry. Totally. Um, and I have two questions on this. What is your day to day mindset going in, not just teaching them, but serving them? And, yeah. 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 Um, well, I have the privilege of working at a Christian school. Um, but because we're a preschool, we serve a lot of families who aren't churched, um, and who won't go to Christian school beyond, um, or won't even step foot in a church, you know, um, but yet they choose our school. And so I really go in every day viewing it as a ministry opportunity, knowing that a lot of these kids, the only time they're going to hear the gospel, Mm -hmm. the story of Jesus, um, you know, is in my class. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, we'll remember it. And I've had kids that have gone home and ministered to their families mm-hmm. um, and led family members to the Lord and they're four. And so wow. I just, you know, remember they're, they're capable. They, um, you know, have that childlike faith and I just want to pour into them and plant as many seeds as I can in the year that mm-hmm. I have them. Mm-hmm. And it's like Eddie was saying that, um, wanting the credit back. I know for certain that the job that you have, (laughs) you don't get credit. There's not going to be a four-year-old, a five-year-old other than that beautiful thank you card or the hug that's going to say, I could tell you were really serving Jesus today. But what is some of the satisfaction or the joy that you leave with after days of serving Jesus, teaching kids? (laughs) Um, you know, I think it's just, just watching them and just, you know, I, as a teacher, I think you'll understand watching, um, them make connections and learn and watching light bulbs go on. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they're, I mean, they're four, they say the cutest things in the whole world. <laughs> and so you just got to like take those little nuggets of things they say or do and hold on to those when it's hard or rough yeah. or you, you don't feel enough. <laughs> yeah. What have you been doing um, during this time? Are you doing Zoom with your kids? Yeah, I am. Yeah. Yeah. So like once a week? Yeah. I do a bedtime story with Mrs. Johnson once a week um, <laughs> was what we've been doing. And then I email out tons of stuff to my parents. I've even um, videoed myself teaching some things so that they can just watch it on their own time. And, you know, I connect with them three to four times a week. Wow. So, so yeah. cool. Yeah. So awesome. So awesome. So one of the questions that we have for you is living on mission. And that's a, a thing that I think you all, that you are example for our community on is how do you live on mission? And one of the challenges with living on mission is from stage or in life groups, we can really push for living on mission. 
but it's not necessarily the easiest way to live (laughs) (laughs) to give your life over to the gospel and to care for others. And I know if, if it's like, uh, Meg and I, you know, it's, it's oftentimes about two or three times a year, we just have breakdowns where it's just like, Oh, this is too hard. Um, you've been doing it for a long time. What advice do you give to couples on how you can support each other to best live on mission? Can I just say something real fast, Kurt? I just think that uh, what you just said is so normal and common. Yeah. Is I think you, I think maybe couples need to be okay. Families need to be okay with knowing you're going to have a breakdown every, and, and, when I, and when you say that, we're not talking, you're going to get divorced and you hate each other. Maybe for five minutes, you hate each other, <laughs> you know, but like, you've got to be comfortable with being stretched, right? Right. The, the, my mentor always used to say, Eddie, a rubber bands of no use unless it's stretched, you know? Mm-hmm. So if you don't want to get stretched, you're what's like, you might as well just fold up shop now and just go to church on Sunday and leave, you know? And, and I mean, that's it. Um, so you're going to have to risk something um, to be on mission. You know, you just, there's, there's no way around it, you know? What does what does Jesus say? Let the dead bury their dead. Let those things all happen. If you want to just be comfortable and you want to come up with all the reasons you can't do it, you can't live on mis- mission. You you won't live on mission. It's just that that's just the reality. I think what one of the things we need to do because man, Kurt, you just this is coming. Yeah, ba- I wasn't going to say this, but based on what you just said, is you've got to we've got to destigmatize the fact that sometimes we need to take a break or we need to take a rest or we need to, you know, like we think like we did something wrong because you need some rest or you think you did something wrong because things aren't perfect and not all your kids love the Lord at the right moment or, or the ministry is blowing up or everything. Like we, we, we have our, we have our priorities and we have what we, what we value as far as what success all goofed up. And because we have it goofed up, our expectations are now all goofed up and messed up. You know, the Lord called us to be faithful, to be bold, but to be wise, right? To be to be shrewd. Uh, the Lord just called us to go and to do, um, mm-hmm. to live, to move, to have our being, right? That the, he just says, do it. The results rarely um, come up in the conversations Jesus has with his disciples. But he says, when you go and do it, I'll be with you. And when you go and do it, and you see, you know, I'm, well, I'm just, man, I'm going to butcher the line, but right. Um, uh, Jesus even said when the 72 came back and he, they said, hey, we saw Satan fall like lightning. Uh, or, or excuse me, we saw, we, saw, we saw these demons get cast out. We saw all this other stuff. And Jesus says, hey, man, I've, I've seen Satan fall like lightning. Don't be so enamored with the end results. Mm-hmm. He said, be more excited that your name be, is written down. Be more excited that you're with me. Be more excited that that we've got this, this, this mission and this thing we're doing together because uh, you're part of my body, you're part of my family, you're part of my team, right? <clears throat> That's my edified version, right? My name's Eddie. It's the edified Bible. <laughs> That's my joke, I always say. Um, so, so just, I think that's one thing is, is reframing our, what success for us is so important. Uh, reframing what, what, what the goal is of what we're trying to achieve and what the why is why we're trying to go. But can I ask a question about that? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Because you cut you, I had had this question and you said, 
that's a good perfect segue how i'm reading this book and i think it's called lead like jesus is where i'm getting this from about um going on mission as a family how important it is is it to have a mission statement did you and kendra actually mm. sit down and say because um the reason i'm asking this because i there's you are serving God and Kendra and you're serving God and then you're coming together and then you're both kind of just serving God. But is there a moment where you sit down and say, okay, this is our mission as a family versus just feeling like we're all called to serve the Lord mm-hmm. and we're all called to, you know, be on mission for him in some way. But did you guys write a mission statement? I don't no. think we ever have. Mm-mm. I mean, we've talked about, you know, what we do and what we're called to do, but I don't know that we've ever really come up yeah. with a mission statement or written it down. Yeah. 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 And we haven't. Yeah. If there is one, you know, I, I, I say it a lot and I, it's not trite for me, but you know, I love you. God loves you. And there's nothing you can do about it. You know, mm-hmm. I genuinely believe um, us specifically, me specifically um, and us um, corporately as believers. Um, we, we, gen- I mean, we're called to love God, love people. I mean, there's yeah. just not, there's now, and obviously you can define what love is, but, but genuinely love people. Um, it doesn't mean everything's going to be perfect. It doesn't mean every day is going to be good. It doesn't mean everything's going to go your way. Mm-hmm. Uh, it doesn't mean everyone's going to love you back. Yeah. And I say this jokingly, but I also mean it seriously. It doesn't mean you're going to like everybody. Yeah. Like, it's not even a question of, of, I have awesome affection for mm-hmm. everyone I come in contact with. I don't like, like, I'm not going to sit here and pretend like I, I like ministry, you know, it, one, here's one thing I'll say is I had to detach the good feeling I get from ministry and the, the, the like pat on the backs and the applause and ministry affirms me and makes me feel better. I had to detach that. So like the, the personal pride I get from ministry I had to detach that from the reality that I'm called to serve the Lord and minister to people as Mm -hmm. a believer of Christ, because I struggled early in my twenties being in full-time ministry. When ministry was going well, Eddie was doing great. I was like, Hey, let's go. But the minute ministry wasn't doing good, I'd go into a depression. And I didn't realize that until like my late twenties. And I realized how much I struggled, struggled hard in ministry because I got emotional gratification from it. And to some degree, that's okay. But when you live off of that, yeah. and when that make or breaks you, like that's problematic because ministry is not always going to be your friend. Yeah. And, 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 and this is, I'm talking from a perspective, someone who's in vocational full-time ministry, but I think that's also true for someone who's trying to balance family and trying to balance um, relationships and work and still being someone who's living on mission mm-hmm. is sometimes people aren't going to show up to your life group and they're going to blow you off or they're not going to call you. Sometimes that couple that you're trying to counsel and you're trying to love, yeah. you're trying to put your arm around, they're just going to keep crashing mm-hmm. and burning. Um, sometimes um, you're going mm-hmm. to get up and you're going to give announcements at church and you're going to have a brain fart and you're not going to remember <laughs> what you're supposed to say, whatever we, it is. We feel you on that one. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and then you walk off stage or you get off the phone or you close the computer and you just feel so discouraged yeah. because ministry didn't go your way. And then like now it takes you like three weeks to get over it. I still struggle with that. Like my hand yeah. is up, like that's me. Yeah. But I had to get to the place where like that, 
didn't adversely affect me in my other relationships. Yeah. It didn't, when I was a single man, it didn't affect me then. And I had to get to a place where now as a married guy, it doesn't affect my marriage. Um, uh, and, and for those- Can I ask are, you what yeah. God says to you during that time? Woo! We ain't got, Kurt and Liz, we'll have to, <laughs> can we get like five or six more podcasts? Right. I know it's a heavy one. I know. And you don't have to answer. It's just actually a question I have right now for God too. <laughs> yeah. like, uh, are you there? Are you out can, there? I, well, can I give you the big revelation? The yes. big revelation I had when I moved back to Washington almost 11 years ago. Yeah, actually it was 11 years ago. Mm -hmm. um, I moved back to Washington. Um, I went through a kind of a, a real, just like deep soul searching me and the Lord season. This is right before I met Kendra, literally months before I met Kendra. Um, and uh, yeah, it's, I'll just say it. I had a vision. Just, I, I was, I was, I moved back to Washington. I was living at my mom's place, uh, trying to get refigured out hey, what, what God has for me now. Um, after going through a really rough season, um, I was about 28 years old, 20, uh, 27, 28 years old. Um, and um the lord just kind of like gave me a vision and i was in an old football field shout out to sports references you know because that's mm -hmm. my thing uh like an old football field like in the midwest you know with the old rundown bleachers and the, the 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 field that was not well maintained and i'm standing at one end of the field and i'm looking at the opposite end of the field and i just see a scoreboard light up right this is my story not this may not fit for everyone else but this is what the Lord had to show me. And the scoreboard lit up. Everything else was old and run down, but it was like a brand new, beautiful scoreboard. The scoreboard lit up. And I'd always pictured Eddie as zero, the rest of the world 100. And I always felt like I was fighting from a deficit. And the whole scoreboard lit up how I always perceived it. And the scoreboard glitched out and came back on. And it was like all zeros on the board. And the Lord told me, Eddie, there's no scoreboard. Hmm. just do what I tell you to do. I'm not, there's no one keeping track. There's no one saying you're better. I'm worse. There's no scoreboard in life. Like all you got to do is what I tell you to do. Yeah. And that was like the first really like, there were other steps, but that was like the first real memorable step for me where I started to being like, all right. And, 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 and that plus counseling, plus talking to great men and women of God, reading good books, thinking differently. So it was a, a multi-phase, multi-step process, but the, the, the Holy Spirit side of that, that was it. And mm -hmm. that gave me freedom okay. to just start to be, to be normal, <laughs> to be honest. So, I love it. Your vision is now my picture in my head. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't even know if we answered the question, kind of went off there. So <laughs> no, I do that a lot. So, um, but um, yeah. We're going to segue, Kurt. That's perfect. Yeah. Yeah. One of the things that um, you two have been uh, uh, open with um, is your journey to start a family. Yeah. Um, and I know that's been one that you have been on for the last couple of years. Yeah. Um, and I think there's many people who are listening to this podcast that might be on that journey similar to you yeah. or definitely have people in their lives that might be on that journey of wanting to start a family. So do you mind sharing a little bit about your journey uh, yeah. first? Yeah. Well, you know, it's, it's one of those things where you, you know, as a kid, you dream about being a mom, you know, that's all I wanted to do. And, and, uh, you know, Eddie, I know it was the same way, you know, being a father is something that's really important to him. And so when it didn't happen right away, like we were 
planning and, and dreaming. You know, I, I think I went through this um, period of denial where, you know, it's, it's, you know, this can't be happening to us. It's going to happen eventually. You know, we don't need to like go see anybody or talk to anybody. It's, it's just going to happen. And, and, you know, the journey I think I've been on in the past year or two is, is really embracing the fact that um, infertility is part of our story and it's, um, you know, our journey. And even in the last few months, just um, owning that as part of our story. And it's, it's hard. It's so hard. And I won't, I won't sugarcoat it. It's one of the hardest things I think we've ever been through. I've ever been through, mm -hmm. but um you know, I'm, I'm reading this book right now called Trusting God. And um, it was given to me by a sweet woman who went through infertility and really found um, some healing through it. And it, if you think that you trust the Lord, read this book because it will challenge everything you think about trusting God um, in so many good ways. And, you know, it's so easy to, to trust God and believe that God is good when things are going well for you, right? It's easy to say, oh, God's good. He's blessed me. You know, I have this, this, and this. But when you're going through something like infertility um, or any other traumatic event, sickness, whatever, it's, it's so much harder to look at God and be like, I believe you're good no matter what, or I trust you no matter what. And so I think that's the journey that I've been on personally. And I know you too, probably a little bit, but um, is just learning how to trust God, learning that God is sovereign over your whole life and situation, um, and that everything that he does is for your good. Um, one of the things I did in April was I read through the book of Psalms. I read five Psalms a day and underlined every single time it talked about God's unfailing love. Mm -hmm. Um, and I don't, I don't remember the exact number, but there's well over 100 times in the book of Psalms that God's unfeeling love comes up. And when, um, this is something that the book said is when you're feeling like, you know, um, you're in deficit of God's love, you, you, you store up those little moments to, to remind yourself, right? So going back and reading through Psalms and seeing how much God loves us and is for us and is for our good. Um, has been really healing for me, I think. Yeah. Kendra's done an amazing job. She's, I, I feel like I've learned so much from her, especially in the last few months, just on how she's, you know, what she said, she's owning this part of our story. Mm -hmm. And um, it's taught me a lot even. So, yeah. Do you mind sharing like your I'm a woman, so I know, yeah. <laughs> I know what a woman goes through. Yeah. Um, and I know everybody's fertility or infertility journey is a little bit different. I can relate a bit to what you were going through. It's easier on this side having three children, so I'm not yeah. even going to go there. Um, but how, how is it? How do you process it, Eddie? If you don't mind sharing. No. The dads yeah. out there. Yeah. <laughs> it's, I mean, real talk. Dudes don't talk about this. Yeah. Uh -huh. Um, and like Kurt, you said, and we have some folks in our church who, who have walked this road and are currently walking this road. And, and I know a couple of the guys in our church who have walked this road um, and they're on the other side. And um, one of the big things is guys just don't talk about this. Um, yeah. There's not a, a segment. And, and I guess my one thing that the Lord has done with me is just said, I want you to be vulnerable. 
Mm-hmm. It's just, you know, you don't have to be a wet blanket, which I think that's what I was scared to be. You know, I don't want to be like, oh, I'm so woe is me, woe is me. But also I don't want to be scared to share. And so yeah. for the last year and a half, two years, I've just been trying to be more honest about how I feel. Um, uh, and I'll just tell people it sucks. You know, yeah. I don't, I'm just not going to sugarcoat it. Um, or I'll tell people I'm in a better place today than I was, you know. There's been a few times where I've broken down in prayer um, or broken down in tears. A few times when I've gone to prayer. A few times when I've punched a wall. Um, but just, <laughs> you know, yeah. like, like we're not going to sugarcoat it. Um, and there, and then there was um, a time when I just wrote some stuff and I, uh, I know I shared some stuff with Pastor Dave. I shared some stuff with another, another guy who I consider a mentor. Um, and I just wrote stuff down. I said, Hey, this is where I'm at, man. If you, you have permission, I, I gave him a little list of things that felt the Lord was leading on my heart. And I gave it to them. And I said, Hey, you guys have permission to ask me about this anytime you want. Um, because mm-hmm. I just, I don't, I just got to walk this out and I just have to put myself out there and trust what the Lord is going to do. And, and it's been cool. The conversations I've had, mm-hmm. um, with other men, uh, it's been cool. The conversations I've, I've had with the Lord, with Kendra. Um, but yeah, but just trying to be more vulnerable and just trying to be honest about how I feel in the moment. Um, because I know it's different for me than it is for Kendra. Yeah. Um, uh, I don't internalize it quite the same as she does. Um, but you know, my dad died when I was six years old and I've wanted to be a dad almost ever since. Um, because you know, partially because I felt like I missed out. Um, that's a reality partially mm-hmm. and partially because I know it's something the Lord has for us. Um, um, both biological kids and non-biological kids. I'm mm-hmm. proud to say that we got a lot of kids out there who call us mom and dad. Yes, who, absolutely. You know, we've never, we've never, uh, you know, they, they're not blood ours, but we, we, we will ride or die for them. Like they're our blood kids, you know, mm-hmm. and we can give, there's a few of them, you know who you're out there. I won't say any names. So I don't want to forget anybody, but you know who you are out there. If you listen to this podcast and uh, we love you and we will always love you and you are family to us. And, and then our greater body of Christ family, like you guys on this, on this pod with us and our redeemed family and our, our friends and family from other churches and other ministries and other places we've been a part of um, who, who support and love us, man. We're just so thankful that we can be real with you guys and then we and that we have you guys to comfort us. Going off what you said, Eddie, one one last question we had for you was for people listening to this, if they have somebody in their lives that are going through this, mm-hmm. what advice do you have for them? Because Eddie, you you've said this to me. You want to be sensitive, but you also don't want to ignore it. And you don't mm-hmm. want to not be sensitive, meaning, mm-hmm. you know, where you're nosy, where this is a journey yeah. that you want to invite people into, but you also yeah. don't want people to ignore it. So mm-hmm. Kendra and Eddie, real quick, what advice do you have for someone who has someone in their life that's on this journey? I have one main piece, but I'll let Kendra go first because I... <laughs> um, mine is probably a little more blunt. Kendra will be nicer. <laughs> I think just just walking alongside of them and asking them what they need, you know, oh, hey, (laughs) (laughs) Um, you know, so many people want to have an answer for you or give you an answer or um, are quick to offer their advice. Um, Try this or do this or just adopt or, you know, I know so many people that have adopted and gotten pregnant, you know, they want to just give you an answer and fix it, which is natural. You know, I want to fix everybody's problems. So that's natural. And it comes from such a good place, but it's not necessarily the most helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think just, you know, when, if somebody comes to me and says, how can I pray for you? What can I do for you? Um, do you want to talk about it? Do you not want to talk about it? You know, mm-hmm. I've had friends say, 
I'll let you just bring it up when you want to bring it up and we'll talk about it then. And I'm not going to push. Um, and just, just being there and being a person that, you know, it's, to me, it's just, it's healing knowing that there are people praying and they don't have to say anything else other than you're in my prayers and we're praying for you. Um, and that to me means the world. Yeah. Amen. I'll say it's like Kendra said, it's 100% okay to ask. Um, more than likely I'll say, yeah, I'm okay with talking about it. Yeah. I, I can't, we're pretty open. Yeah. I can't actually think of a time when I wasn't cool with talking about it, you know, to, depending on the extent, mm, excuse me. Uh, but the one thing I will say is that I do not want, and I'll just be blunt and say it. <laughs> I don't need your scriptures about everyone in the Bible that the Lord opened their womb. Okay. Like I'm just being super straightforward. I know the Bible, not the most, not the best, but you don't think that I prayed through every scripture where it, there was a woman who was infertile. You don't think that I know um, uh, about Sarah. Uh, you don't think I know about Samuel's mother. You don't think I know about um, all the other stuff. You don't think I know about all the crazy stories of birth and pregnancy in the Bible. Been there, done that. And so when people come at me with scripture and said, oh, in, on the Lord's timing, the Lord will open the womb. Yeah, I just, I, I don't rock with that um, because um, not because I don't appreciate what you're trying to do, but what you're trying to do minimizes what I have, I, the road I have walked through. It's like, you don't think I have prayed those prayers. It's like, you don't think, and once again, I know the thought process, mm -hmm. but the reality is what you see on a Facebook post in 15 minutes or five minutes, that's four years of a journey that we've been processing. And, and you give us, and like I said, I'm going to be a little bit more blunt than Kendra, <laughs> give us some credit that we have processed a long, hard road that now we're sharing with you partially for our therapy, but also partially to open up the door and let other people know and destigmatize this a little bit. Uh, but just giving me the, the, like, just spitting off of Bible scripture rounds, like, 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 like I haven't gone there. It just, it's not, it's not beneficial. And especially if I don't know you that well, you know, if I don't know you that well, you know, ask me, Hey, what can I do? Like Kendra said, how can I pray? Mm -hmm. uh, but, but just going straight to the scripture and starting quote scripture, which has probably happened to me three or four times. And it just puts a bad taste in your mouth. And I'm just like, yeah. uh, so that I know that comes across mean and that's that type of stuff that a lot of people may not say, but uh, you know, we're on a podcast, so I'll say it. <laughs> <laughs> no, thanks for sharing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Thank you for, thank you for that. That's going to be so valuable for uh, many listening and we have a, a surprise. We told you um, yeah. that we, we invited Pastor Dave on this podcast. <laughs> hey, uh, hi, Dave. Uh, so this is every podcast we end with a word. Um, but, you know, Eddie and Kendra have been with Redeemed since the start. Eddie's been on staff. He's uh, on our teaching team now. Um, if you haven't listened to one of Eddie's sermons, they're all on redeem.church and they're absolutely incredible. Um, and we're blessed to have him. And then Eddie also serves on the advisory council on our, our redeem team. So he's always in telling us, you know, making sure that we're doing what we are, can best be doing to be an effective ministry. And so uh, Pastor Dave just want to hop on and pray over you mm -hmm. as kind of an in here. And so we're asking everyone on the podcast yeah. that if you could just spend a couple minutes and we're just going to pray for Kendra yep. and Eddie, we're yeah. so blessed Thank to have you. them in our community. Um, and then, and then we'll be done. So uh, Pastor Dave, Amen. Yeah. Hey, good to see you guys. And hey. I'll just say this before um, I pray. Uh, Eddie and Kendra are two of uh, our favorite people in the whole <laughs> world. And, and I genuinely mean that. 
Um, This is a study in what true shepherds look like. And I I don't say that lightly at all. Um, Eddie knows me. And uh, one thing I appreciate about him and Kendra is that you're not going to get the fake with these guys. Um, I didn't get to hear the whole podcast um, up to this point, but I will uh, when it goes out. But watching these guys over the years and seeing what they've been through, um, this might be one of the weirdest compliments you've ever gotten in your life, Um, but it's from a book that I read some time ago. And it's the premise of shepherds shouldn't smell like other shepherds. Mm -hmm. Shepherds shouldn't smell like libraries. Um, Shepherds should smell like sheep. And again, that sounds like a really weird deal, but, um, you know, somebody said to me, I had a pretty hard life, heroin addict, father, um, single mom. I've been through a lot, a lot of hurt. And, uh, and Eddie and Kendra have been through some serious, serious pain. And so I know what it's like. And I remember a pastor saying to me, you know, uh, this might sound cliche-ish and it might even offend you, but, uh, don't take this lightly. Like God uh, if, if you look at the heroes of faith in the Bible, God selected certain people to be able to carry burdens and endure through it. And if you've never been through the dark nights of the soul, like mm-hmm. Eddie and Kendra, um, if you don't know what that's like, then this may not make sense to you. But man, when you go through that stuff, and at the same time, you can muster up enough compassion and love to pour out to other people, that is a true shepherd's heart. And that's what these guys have demonstrated. I could literally spend an hour listing off the people that they have poured their life into who have moved across the country and who look at Eddie and Kendra like mom and dad, uh, who these guys have made such an investment in their life. Um, this is a couple who is so resilient, so real and so authentic. And so I love you guys. And, uh, um, we're, we're just going to pray for you. And we believe that, uh, Regardless of what uh, the outcomes are, um, we know that we need you in the body mm-hmm. of Christ. We need you in our community. And what you have to say has been developed over uh, a lot of years, a lot of seasons, through ups and downs. And you guys are gold to the kingdom. So yeah. I just appreciate you deeply. So let, let, me, let me pray real quick. Father, we just come before you. And I thank you for this couple, Lord. Yes, God. Um, it's not an accident, Lord. You said that you would determine um, the hour we would be born and the boundaries of our dwelling. And so, God, you called this couple. I love this idea that when we're born, we are a purpose with flesh wrapped around it, and we're given a name. We're placed into a family in a city. And, Lord, you have crafted this journey and this couple. You have put your hand on their life. And I just pray in the name of Jesus Christ, God, a shield of protection, that they would hear your voice in the midst of every other voice, that God, they would sense your guidance in the midst of all the other opportunities to take um, whatever path is presented to them. And I pray for a deep ministry of the Holy Spirit to encourage them during this time, God, that they are figuring things out and they're waiting on you. And God, they're trying to manage some really deep emotions. And we do pray for a miracle, Lord God. Yes, God. We ask in Jesus' name that, yes, Father, you would bring about a miracle in their life, God, that they would be able to have children. And we pray, yes, Father God. God, for all the other things that they're trying to manage with ministry and family, that you provide the capacity, the love, the wisdom, the joy, the prudence, the heart, the courage, the character, everything they need to be the fruit-bearing branches that you've called them to be. 
So God, I just pray your blessing over them now. Yes, God. Amen. 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 Thank you. Thanks, Dave. Love you, man. Dave and Connie are family. Like, not even like family. They are family. We, Mm -hmm. Dave and I and Connie know that Kendra and I adore those two and their whole family. Uh, And we are, that's, that's, those are, they're our brother and sisters. So love you, brother. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. Mm -hmm. We are so happy to have you guys on. We love you guys. Thank you for sharing your story. Um, Listeners, just keep these two in your prayers. and we are, and we're just going to be expectant to what God's doing in your life. And we're just praying that he fills your mouths with laughter and your hearts with joy. Awesome. Well, that's it for this week's Redeem Midweek Podcast. If you need anything from Redeem, go to redeem.church. We're here to pray for you. We're here to care for you. Um, and we will have another interview next week. See y'all. See you later.